Although it's been delayed, the Canadian government is planning to legalize marijuana this year in Canada. We want to know what people think about how that will affect Canadian society. My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. With me today are Tom Nowak, JL Shee, and Shira Stemmer. So let's start with an easy question. Who here is in favor of weed legalization? Raise your hand. All right. I don't think that surprises anyone. I think, you know, our, the younger generation is typically in favor of it. But what comes to mind, like what are any concerns or what, what are you most happy about, either one, when it comes to legalization in Canada? I think that the government doesn't go far enough to uh, make weed legal. Uh, that's my main concern. Although I'm happy that they're finally legalizing it. What, what do you think they're not going far enough with? Um, well, in my opinion, I think that there are still unnecessary regulations that they're going to be tying in uh, with the coming of weed legalization. Uh, I especially don't like that um, provinces like Ontario are looking at a model like how they handle alcohol sales, where they have a dedicated sort of uh, government-owned store that sells marijuana and they're the sole uh, licensee. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm not sure how all of the different provinces are doing it, but I know they're quite varied as they are for alcohol sales. They are, but, but I think most of them are using the uh, Provincial Liquor Commission as a way to sell uh, marijuana. I think yeah. only a couple, I think Saskatchewan and um, Alberta are the two only province that it's a fully private license uh, with no kind of provincial uh, method of sale. I think Alberta is doing online, but, but I think mo most of them are kind of going through a uh, look of commission just because it's something that is easier to be accepted by the general population. Because don't forget, we are a, a younger generation. It's true that we were exposed to marijuana a bit more into the topic, and we've been talking the, uh, about this topic a, bit, a lot more among ourselves, but then the older generation have a, kind of a certain bias toward that and I think they want to have the government still have the control over the substance so that there's no overuse of it. I also think that we can't just have the government say here you go and have a free-for-all because there has to be some kind of metho methodology in how they allow it to enter society and as unfortunate as it is for the business owners that would benefit from having their own stores I, I do see a small benefit to having it enter the market in a controlled fashion. Um, one concern of mine is especially for like rural communities and they're only opening a certain number of weed stores, yeah. right? Um, so how's it gonna do, what's it gonna do for the black market and is it really gonna impact if it's still so regimented that people don't actually have proper access to it? It is going to be a big mind shift because right now, if you're not a medical user, you're used to feeling a certain way about getting your product. You have to either go to a dispensary, which could get shut down at any time. Yeah. You have to go to your buddy's buddy's buddy to get your, your marijuana. So I feel like there is still gonna be some hesitancy and some stigma related to walking into a liquor or a CCBO or whatever they're gonna call it to purchase your legal marijuana. So I feel like there's, there is gonna be some time that it's gonna take to get used to whatever model each province is using. For sure, and there's just going to be the, the law as right now the provincial government is pushing and then what's actually happening in the ground, right? Because there is, from what I heard, about 70 to 80 dispensaries in Toronto, right? And they only are going to open 40 at the start of the program in terms of provincially licensed 
know, preferentially run uh, wheat, wheat stores. So we'll see what happens, right? Because they, they did try to shut down a lot of dispensaries, I think, about a year ago, and yeah. that didn't turn out well. They, they, they went into 200 stores. They, you know, laid out hundreds of, of, of charges and $1,000 of fines, and still, you know, the, the market hasn't taken that big of a hit. So we'll see how, how that program does get The unrolled. dispensaries have also shown that that, mo that less regulated model is working as well. You know, I don't see a bunch, they don't let kids go in and just buy weed, right? Everything they say as to why the government needs to regulate it, it's not really, it's not coming true. And there's so many dispensaries and a private dispensary model, especially, you know, Toronto has a bunch, but in any community, they could start it up. And I think Ontario is going based off its alcohol model, but Ontario's alcohol model isn't great either. And you look at all, they, they try and scare people here, but if you look at Quebec, they sell alcohol in a lot of, in most convenience stores, most grocery stores, and wow, it's not a problem there, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, I think the scaremongering uh, has to do a lot more with the culture around weed, and you can look at like, so for example, if you look at alcohol, um, I think any issues that you could bring up about why you shouldn't allow alcohol sales in regular stores, um, I think you could shift the problem back to like, maybe it's more of a cultural problem of how we view alcohol rather than how it's actually um, made legally available to us. Um, like for instance, teenagers still drink uh, alcohol regardless of the fact that it's illegal. Um, and um, contrasting that to a country like Germany where the legal e age is younger at 16, um, I would say that that might even lead to more problems of like, you know, binge drinking and, and stuff that's not necessarily preferable. But that's also been connected to like, not the legal age necessarily, but the culture around it, yeah. right? Yeah, because it's, you know, seen as a problem and it's so taboo, people do it, you know, not with their parents, they do it uh, irresponsibly instead of saying, oh yeah, I'm gonna have a beer and they just learn to do it responsibly because they're allowed to do it. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's not this like, I'm, I'm sticking it to the man or whatever yeah. mentality of these teenagers. I think whether a substance is legal or illegal, people will stu still choose to use it and those who will abuse it will abuse it, whether it's prescription pills or alcohol or marijuana or gambling, like people will, find a way to get the volume of whatever product it is they want to get whatever high or feeling they want. So alcohol is legal and still abused to an extreme degree. So I don't think that really any government agency could ever control that but because people are going to yeah. get what they want to get. But that's an argument, you know, against legalizing weed at all is alcohol is legal and, you know, widely abused you know, is weed as abused as alcohol? Will it become more abused once it's legal? That's a big worry, right? Is when you legalize something, yes, more people use it and it's abused more. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I think what I want to stir with the, the discussion is also in terms of quality, right? Because the thing is, when you talk about abusing alcohol, for example, when you abuse like some alcohol like moonshine, for example, well, it's caused a lot more problematic effect than if it comes out of a proper distillery with proper quality control, right? Yeah. I think that's also, in terms of just a public health uh, point of view, it's better to have legalizing weed, uh, legalized weed, because then you have companies that are properly set up, that have proper controls, that are putting on markets things that, yeah. uh, products that are, you know, 
People are using no, the weed harmful. anyways, so you may as well regulate it and make sure it's safe exactly. for them to use. And that's evident, like, Canada has some of the heaviest weed users in the world, especially young weed users, so they're getting it anyway, so you may as well better regulate it. Well, and all of the licensed producers right now are Health Canada certified, no different than the pharmaceutical companies. They have to meet all their Health Canada audits and regulations and standards. They have to have proper processes in place to identify issues, recall processes, everything. So they're functioning as a proper medicine, medicinal company, as opposed to getting it from someone's garbage bag in the back of their exactly. house. Exactly, someone doing it in the back of, in, yeah. in the back of their house. And, and you know, <clears throat> right now, the, the, the thing is the lack of information, right? Because yeah. when you do legalize weed, then you have a lot more access to where it's coming from um, and, and which kind of company um, is, is, is producing it. And then you can also have, then you have the real force of the market. Because if you, now in the black market, then there's a limitation of where the source of what you're buying actually come from. And, that's I think the, the best the best thing that we guys we can do is is kind of um, putting a framework around this use that everyone that it is already widespread and then making sure that it's pushing in a way that you know it can uh, negate a lot of the harmful effect of the current weed consumption. One thing I just thought of with regards to you know shoppers drug mart allowing being allowed to sell it medicinally is right now at dispensaries you can Skype a doctor and get your medical certificate. If it's so much more convenient to get medicinally through a shoppers, why wouldn't that be a booming industry of doctors that will just Skype you, print you a medical certificate, and I can go to the shoppers around the corner rather than needing to go to the one CCBO that's in my, it's, that's in my town, right? If there's so much easier access to medicinal, won't, that's what happened in California, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Everyone just had medicinal weed. It was illegally, it was illegal recreationally, but everyone smoked it anyways. Are we not gonna maybe see that happening if it's so easy to get medicinal and so difficult to get recreational? The setup of how you get medicinal weed in, in California is different though, so. But here already, like, it doesn't seem like it would be that difficult to get a prescription. A lot of the dispensaries at first required a prescription anyways, yeah. and you could just get one, right? There are doctors or doctors willing to give out those prescriptions. Right. And if they disagree with the system, why not? They're allowed to prescribe it. You say, I have sleep apnea or I, or I have anxiety, mm -hmm. and you get a weed prescription. I think that it is relatively still easy to go in and speak to a doctor if they do believe in prescribing medicinal cannabis and you say you have anxiety or um, depression or epilepsy, they'll, uh, they'll oftentimes prescribe you. Another big thing is the ability to grow your own you're gonna be able to grow your own and you can have four plants, which is not an insignificant amount. Um, and they have limits on how big they can be and things like that. But you know, why wouldn't, I, why wouldn't people just start growing their own if that's the easiest way to access? And then if I give you weed, how do they know if I sold it to you or I had my weed and I gave it to a friend? Like, I don't know the rules around that, but it seems like there's just, it doesn't seem well thought through enough to prevent all of the other avenues that will open up because it's still gonna be very inconvenient to buy it the way they're proposing it. That's at least in uh, Ontario. Mm -hmm. But let, let's switch gears a bit. I wanna talk about, one thing I actually think that I'm in favor of from the Ontario model is um, the way that, you know, it's plain packaging laws and that kind of thing. You can't, ad the weed companies can't advertise. Because, you know, I, I personally think it's good because People are susceptible to marketing. You can say as much as you want that, you know, people who want to smoke weed are, will smoke weed, but 
people are very susceptible to marketing and if weed companies are incentivized to get people to smoke because they have that ability and all they care about is profit, then they can make a bunch of ads. They can make, you know, buy two grams, get one free. They can incentivize people. They want more people to smoke weed. So should you be allowing corporations to have that ability to get more people on, on, on the drug? I think that a weed smoker is a weed smoker. And I don't think that by advertising, saying, hey, it's legal now, everybody try, you're still going to have a small fraction of people that will buy into that and go, I've always wanted to, but I was scared of the laws, so now that it's legal, I will go try. They're going to try it regardless of what label is on the packaging or anything like that. I think that within the weed users, there should be the ability for those companies to maybe not incentivize and give free grams and things like that, but be able to put shelf tags and displays in stores and things like that. Because if you go into an LCBO, there's 50 different kinds of rum. I'm going in there to buy rum. So based on how pretty the packaging is or the value proposition, that's what's going to make my decision to buy one company's rum over another company's rum. So I think that should still be in place for weed. I'm going to buy weed, period. Once I get into the store, I should then have some kind of um, The company influence. should be able to differentiate themselves right. somehow. So am I going to buy Canopy or Emblem or Medrelief, right? Why? So I think that's where the differentiation should be allowed. I don't necessarily agree you should have these ads. Like right now, you can go drink a pina colada to put, like, you know, advertisements of, you know, I'm going to be on a beach with pina colada. I don't think that we are maybe in that place yet, but I still think there should be... Um, some form of advertising allowed at store because the customer's already in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I mean, at most, what it would be if you're talking about just like mass, more like mass media ads, it would be like the liquor ads, right? Where it's always ending with a message, uh, drink responsibly. I think that will be at most what it would be like in terms of just 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 marketing through TV ads and through social media. But I, I, I will be surprised that the government will go will allow even those kind of, um, that, that route, because like for us with tobacco is not allowed to do any kind of promotion, right? Yeah. Um, so it, 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 we'll see what, uh, what they come up with, but yeah, I think the most, what, what uh, you're saying in terms of just differentiating, differentiating between companies and printing product should be the most kind of marketing a company, a we, we company should be allowed to do uh, in, the, in the rec. Uh, so some sort of balance between how they do cigarettes and how they do alcohol now? In between, yeah. Like there are, if you think about cigarettes, at some point in time, as a kid or whenever you started smoking, you decided you wanted to smoke Demoriers or Belmonts or I don't even know other cigarettes. Well, they brands. used to be able to advertise. They used to be able to advertise, but Completely. I think it's whatever you start using is what your brand loyal to, right? No difference than Buckley's well, Coke yeah. and Pepsi or whatever. So I think that it's kind of an open forum now because you're going into a store and you have no idea. Um, so let's talk more about how this looks at, at, for Canada as a whole. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of different things. One is how it works province to province. And the other one is what happens with the U.S. So this idea of weed tourism, right? We, you have that already with people coming in from the U.S. for alcohol or going, let's say, from Ontario to Quebec for, for alcohol as well. Um, like, do we think this is going to be a big problem? Um, and what about, you know, it's easier to get weed in Quebec and I go get some weed there. How are the governments going to regulate that? Um, well, for me, uh, I don't view this as 
I don't view weed as a as an issue in the whole as like is this good for society or is this bad for society? My only question is, um, like, there's a difference between uh, morality and legality, right? So on a moral perspective, I don't really like weed. I think, like, I, I use it, I would use it maybe once in a while, but I think it can lead to uh, a lifestyle that is not very productive if you use it wrong. But that doesn't change my stance on legality, that I think it should be completely legal and treated basically as a food product. So asking like, oh, is uh, there going to be a huge tourism industry from the US or Canada? It doesn't really impact me because I don't really, I don't really see that as a moral issue. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a moral issue. Maybe it's good for Canada. Maybe we have a booming weed tourism industry and we make tons of money from people coming to the U.S. You, like people go to Amsterdam to smoke. That's great. So there, like, there's economic benefits as well. Well, the caveat of that is the fact that you know crossing the border from Canada to the States now will, might take longer because yeah. there'll be more searches and you know the, the, the border agents might take more time uh, to sque screen everyone. And, they may even have like those, those devices that, that detect THA uh, presence, right? So, yeah. so there, there is a, a caveat to you know <laughs> having having this booming weed industry, yeah. but well, they've already said like they don't even know if you should be honest when you're crossing the mm -hmm. border and admit to them that you've smoked weed mm -hmm. even like ever because it's illegal there, and you know depending yeah. on where you're going in the states, it could be quite problematic. You know, there's been lots of issues with people doing border crossing. I don't think in general that weed tourism will be a problem because. People will come to Canada to smoke weed now, in general, because we have much more loosey-goosey laws than the U.S. does, especially the states that border Canada. I, I would be hard-pressed to believe you're going to get droves of people from Alabama driving all the way up to Ontario, right? It would be from New York City. Well, there's also so many like states that. as well that it's legal in the state. Right. So that's fair. It's also like the general trend, I think, in the world is moving toward legalization yeah. of marijuana yeah. anyway. So I think like... Maybe just be a question of year of transition where right now it might be difficult, but I'll be surprised if, you know, 10 years from now that weed is not legalized all across the states, right? Because right now there is already that movement that's and picking up uh, so down there. That's actually a, a good point I want to jump on uh, with regards to, like, this is a moving trend in the world, but Canada is only the second country to fully legalize weed. You know, I think that's an interesting uh, thing for the industry here, and they, they're really on the forefront. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's a reason I would say I'm in favor of it being legalized is because this is a very good industry for Canada to lead the world in. That It's a great, if we can, you know, I don't know what weed exports will be eventually, but, you know, maybe it, part of NAFTA will be <laughs> weed exports, right? And maybe this is a great product we can offer the world, and the, the technologies are companies are developing, you know, maybe we can export those as well, if not the product itself. So it's really um, like a good economic opportunity, I think, um, f for the country. Oh, for sure. I also am excited for when they start pumping more research dollars behind weed. So there's a lot of money right now, or a lot of research being done kind of at the university level, maybe through different students' PhD programs, things like that. But we don't have these monstrous federal um, programs on research around medicinal marijuana or marijuana benefits in general. And I feel like if we get the tourism and we get the influx of cash through legalization and through tourism and there's money pumping into that industry, it will only benefit um, 
what we can then output in terms of technologies research. That's a good argument for the capitalism argument in general, so you can make that for weed, is about how if the companies can make more money, they will then put that back into research. And if they're incentivized to have the best weed product and they can tell the customers they have the best weed product, they will be incentivized to make better developments, yeah. you know, have better a better way of knowing how much you're having through an edible, because exactly. that's some way people might want to do it. So that's a very interesting argument I hadn't. Yeah, and making of. that making it illegal actually like prevents any of that ha from happening. Um, so that could be another argument as to why companies should just be able to sell it. Um, so that again, the profit motive uh, will incentivize to research more into how do we get this pill or this drug to be more effective, uh, give better value to the customers. Um, I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing or like it doesn't have to be, it's not a good thing or a bad thing, it's just whatever it provides to the customer. You know? Or uh, to a certain extent it is because then you understand the product a lot better, right? Yeah. And then you can understand it, its health benefit, but also, you know, ways to counter its, its health, health uh, damages, right? And like trying to see how we can come up with the best public uh, 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 health uh, policies that, that you know kind of sensitize people to the dangers because weed is is a drug and does have negative effect and can sensitize people better in, in what type of negative effect it has on you know people's brain or and, uh, and other well, uh, other aspects within the pharmaceutical world they I mean anytime a company releases a drug there are years of clinical trials and things like that and that's not being done on weed mm -hmm. right now yeah. a lot of it is kind of not hearsay but it's all anecdotal right so you have uh, body of people who suffer from epilepsy and they somehow take cannabis uh, through pill, through smoking, whatever, and they don't have seizures. So now it can be said that weed helps seizures or relaxation or PTSD or whatever. It's all anecdotal with a little bits of research supporting. So I think the important thing is to get to a point where the naysayers who believe that it's this hippie drug and everybody's just going to be you know, useless in society, that will go away as more research comes out to support that it can help the people who actually need it and it's not as damaging to those who use it recreationally because no different than alcohol. You can have, you know, there are people who probably drink a Mickey before they go to work. No different than people who will wake and bake. So you're going to have people who will abuse it no matter what, yeah. what the substance is. And I think that's where people who have stigmas need to separate themselves from the actual drug that's being used and from the issue with society in general that people will abuse whatever that substance is. I think the dichotomy between weed and other pharmaceutical drugs is quite interesting because like from a medicinal point of view, why don't the massive drug companies have THC pills the same way they have opioid pills? Yeah. And it's like, you know, heroin is illegal, but we have other opioids that people you know, can get medicinally. And those are much more addictive. There's a crisis right now. There's like many other problems, but it seems like the weed conversation is in this like middle ground. And so maybe like just legalizing it uh, will open up that conversation so we can have a very much more stringent conversation around the medicinal side of it. And like, and there is this stigma, definitely, but it seems that, you know, there isn't for, uh, what's the study drug that, that, you know, has similar effects? Adderall. Adderall has similar effects to cocaine. Adderall's fine, you know, lots of people take, I mean, it's fine, but lots of people take Adderall and they don't snort cocaine. So, you know, what's like weed versus a THC pill, right? And it's still all like, group together and people lump it and say it's all bad. Well, yeah, and if we can maybe steer a bit 
the, the conversation is just the general pub public's uh, acceptance of, of, of weed use, right, in recreational, recreational uh, settings. Because right now, you know, again, our, our, our generation seems to be a lot more in favor of it. But there are a generation that grew up with that mentality that, you know, marijuana is the gateway drugs and it will lead to abuses of other, other I mean, I grew up drugs. with that. I remember in like grade five or six being told very explicitly that marijuana was a gateway drug and if I tried it ever, I would get hooked on heroin. Yeah. Right? A cop came in and told me that and I was like, okay. I believed it because I was in grade four and, you know, a cop told me these things, right? I think there's a big stigma, not just with using weed itself. I don't think that's where the issue lies. I think the issue lies with what people believe to be the, the weed or the marijuana the culture and the lifestyle. So if you smoke weed, you're lazy, you're unmotivated, you can't deal with your problems. There are all of these negative connotations that people associate with using marijuana, right? I agree that when people smoke weed, there you could feel tired. You could be less productive. But there are people who aren't productive because they're so hyped up because they have such a high level of anxiety that smoking a little bit of weed brings them down to an ability to actually function. So you can also look at it from both perspectives. And I think the the like stupid pothead high school mentality you grow out of when you grow out of high school, right? So I think that a lot of people just assume if you smoke weed in your 30s, that you still uphold that same lifestyle you did when you were 17. And, and, and there's the so case. many parallels with alcohol, though, because some people view that for alcohol. If you drink in your 30s, you know, if you party on weekends or if you have a couple drinks, some people view that as bad as well. Yeah. But I, I like thinking of the example of, like, you know, the stereotypical 40-year-old that comes home and has a shot of whiskey, like, sits in his armchair and has a shot of whiskey. Like, how's that any different than having, you know, a bit of weed? And it's like to take the edge off. That's what it was for, right? And But there's... Like, like we were saying earlier, there's so many levels of use, um, but it seems to be like we only focus on the negative ones for weed still. So I think it's an interesting precedent, like how, what this will do for other drugs. Um, does it set a precedent and, you know, will we be having legal cocaine soon, legal heroin, or decriminalized at least? I hope it sets a precedent. Um, I would wholeheartedly accept uh, legalizing almost every drug uh, I can't think of a drug that I wouldn't want legalized because, again, I um, I view it more from a respect of of property rights, and I think that as an individual, you should be able to put in your body whatever it is you want. And the uh, negative sides of that, where you could affect other people, I think there are already laws in place that uh, punish that deed specifically. Let's say, like, if you were an alcoholic and you drunk drive you know, then what you should punish is the, the drunk driving and the, and the danger that you, that you are there, not the actual just drinking a lot of alcohol, right? Yeah, that, that's a very good point. But you see how that argument, you know, very much scares a lot of the anti-weed legalization oh, yeah. people. Um, like, that's like the slippery slope. Soon, you know, you know, everything will be legal and I'll be shooting heroin in the park, I'm right? so happy about the slippery slope. It's, it's my favorite. <laughs> I think that there, huh, it is a very slippery slope, and I'm just trying to formulate how to reply to that. I think legalization and morality, like you said before, are separate. So there are people that will have very big moral issues with legalizing anything, alcohol, currently legal, weed, or whatever else may come. I think with legalizing harder drugs, you get into a very contentious space with the government and with 
the users and with the families and what a strain it'll be on public health because there are a lot of people who may want to try certain things, no different than weed, and when it becomes legal, they'll be more willing to, but weed is, I, in my opinion, much easier to control than when you get your first cocaine high or you get your first E high or meth high or any of these other crazier drugs. Is that from your experience? No, <laughs> not from my experience. But the other thing is that weed is a natural plant. That's true. Whereas meth is cooked out of horrendous toxic chemicals well, yeah, I don't want to go too far down this other drugs hole because decriminalization, and that, that's like a whole long topic on itself. But I think for me, it, it does come down to the plant of it, right? Like, you know, if we were talking about legalizing smoking opium, that's different than legalizing heroin as well. But I think, you know, it is a scary argument for some people that it, it will lead to a, this slippery slope. But is that a reason to not do it? And, or is, and do, we, do we hold weed to a separate standard than other drugs right now or like generally? I think we do right now just because as, as was mentioned it's, it is a natural plant and the fact that the addicting level of, of weed is different than cocaine and, and, and meth and all the other drugs. The one thing I will say just going back to the legalization of weed versus other drugs is the government will only legalize something they can capitalize on, mm -hmm. right? So weed is very prevalent in our society in Canada. It's already being used so why not legalize it so you can capitalize it and like saying that like a drug is only going to be legal if a government can make money off of it, I think we'd have to stay, take a step back and say like what is the right, what is the right thing that government should be doing? Like should they be capitalizing off of people? Like I think I think they should. I think what they should be doing is providing and providing a, a country that where people are are free to choose what is right and wrong for them as long as they don't impact other people. If like let's say weed actually did create like a ton of health impacts. Is the is the cost added to the public health system potentially greater than the cost it takes uh, our justice system and our legal system to uh, criminalize it, to incarcerate people who are offenders? Um, and, and can we apply that question to other drugs as well that have no benefit, you know? Yeah. That's been one of the big arguments for legalization is they're spending so much money, you know, and there's a bunch of people in prison for minor drug crimes and all of these things. But now they're saying the, the way they're legalizing it, in Ontario at least, is so stringent that they're still going to have all of these yeah, costs. they're still going to get so, all the cons, right? But honestly, I actually, you know, disagree with the, cap the government capitalization part of it. I think if the Ontario government, for example, came straight out and said the reason we're doing the CCBO model is so we can make a bunch of money, at least they'd be honest, you know. If that's why they're doing it, you know, I think that's a big reason, and you know, I'd be, I'd welcome that. Well, yeah, they. Um, well, I mean, my political stance, but like, I think the government does a lot more things for that purpose. And yeah. I don't like to admit that. But. They have to pay for the other services. Yeah. Well, I, th I think it's a positive offshoot of legalizing weed, but I don't think it's the main reason. I do f feel like the government is acting in good faith and recognizing that it, it is something that's being used recreationally by a lot of its citizens and that's why we're pushing forward and we just mentioned a lot of positive effect of legalization of, of marijuana which is like better knowledge, better understanding of its public uh, health hazard and, and etc. Going back to this you know theoretical slippery slope argument, once weed is legal and let's say 30 percent of people start using weed that didn't, you know our casual weed users going to then start testing other drugs. That's, that's the argument they make is, you know, because I can, it's the gateway, is it? Because, you know, once I s can smoke weed legally, 
do I think, oh, like, you know, I thought weed was so bad. It's not. You know, maybe cocaine has merits too. No, I think it's a different type of people that use those drugs, I right? think so too. And I even Why? see like within my social circle, there are people who have smoked weed every single day since they were 14 and have no desire to try anything else. And then there are people who have tried other things and they enjoy certain ones and they don't enjoy other ones. And I think it's a user choice whether the drug is illegal or not because it is relatively easy to get certain so of I, these I, drugs. I, I actually want to hop on to something you said there. So you said, you know, you have friends or people in your social circles who have used weed every day since they were 14 or even every day now, right? Someone who drinks alcohol to, you know, a certain extent every day, that's an al alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And so like what I think, I personally think, even from my own experiences, the standards for weed are lower. Yeah. And people can get high or smoke every day and people think, oh, it's weed, that's okay, mm -hmm. you know? but that's not for alcohol for most people. I can't have, you know, if I have five shots a day, is that okay if I have 10? What if I smoke a joint every day? Well, it goes back to understanding the public, yeah, the, 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 the health hazard of, of using marijuana, because right now the, the scientific knowledge is not there yet to compare it to, to alcohol or is it to coffee, right? Like there's, it's another yeah. like kind of addicting, naturally produced kind of pr pr product. Well, but coffee is very addictive. To yeah. jump on what you said before though, you said what's the difference between coming home and having a shot of whiskey and mm -hmm. having a joint? Mm -hmm. Neither, that person who has a shot of whiskey is not considered an alcoholic. But a joint is a lot more of the substance. Maybe, maybe not. If you have a high tolerance because you've been an That's avid fair. user, then you're not, you're going to feel it'll take the edge off, right? So it is a balance and it is because there are people who can drink four or five shots and Barely feel, feel it. the way I do after taking one shot. So it's all about your body composition, your tolerance, all of that. So I think any substance can be abused. There are people who drink eight espressos a day and then crash at night because they've been hopped up on caffeine the entire day and then they need four shots of espresso to get up the next day. So they're in this you know, use and abuse cycle as well with coffee, which we all take for granted as a readily available legal drug. Should we, should we get to that state with weed that it's a Reddit, like, so I, I honestly think there's a problem with coffee, right? Like it's been so ingrained in our lives that you know, a lot of people are addicted and they have headaches in the morning if they, they have headaches in the morning if they don't get their caffeine. Isn't that a problem? Like I would say, you know, coffee should, but it's very widely accepted. But I think that's a good, you know, use case. It is, but at the same time, like the, the, the effects of coffee on, on, on an adult brain is better understood than weeds effect on an adult brain or a teenager's brain, right? So I think. Yeah. This is a conversation yeah. that should be revisited 20 years from now. Yeah, have exactly. It's slews of <laughs> clinical well, but, data. But then like it's that. like, you know, who's the trial class, right? So. Uh, federally, one of the commissions, I don't remember exactly who, said they would recommend 25 as the legal age for weed because that's when, it's, that's when it stops affecting the brain. But, you know, most provinces are doing it at 19. So that's another argument is, you know, these six years that maybe it's impacting the brain, maybe it's not, and we're just going to, you know, use humans as guinea pigs because we don't know enough. But, but we're still there, using it anyway. That's true, but, you know, why not study it in its current state, decriminalize it, study it for 10 years, see how bad it is or how not bad it is for people, and then legalize it, knowing the problems. Isn't that better than three years from now, 10 years from now, going, oh man, we should really make it 23. But I also think that we in Canada don't want to be behind the eight ball. So if we hold off on legalizing it to wait and see the effects, we're then going to be the 50th country that legalizes it instead of capitalizing on what we know right now, how we've positioned ourselves 
right now under our current government's leadership and all of that to say, you know what, we are going to be the leaders. We are going to take that step. We are going to lean in on some risk. And use our population as the and guinea use pig. Our popula but our, the population is willing, That's is true. ready for They're it. They want it. We want this. If, we, if the population was overly resistant, we wouldn't be moving ahead with it. That's fair. But you have more people than not saying, yeah, like, let's, let's do this because we're using it anyway. You said yeah. Canada has one of the highest concentrations of weed users in the world. Yeah. So why not why not at least do it, it more properly than do it's it being more done properly now? Than it's being done. And if in 10 years legislation needs to be rewritten and the the legal age changes, that that happens. Legal age changes. I mean, I have a friend. Sorry to cut you off there. Um, he doesn't. He's he's not against weed. He just doesn't want to do it for the reason that you said that perhaps it could affect his brain development. So he wants to wait it off for a while um, before when when he's like you know, fully developed and like, so that he doesn't have as much risk. And that's, that's a, I would say it's an individual assessment to decide how much risk you're willing to take. If there's a new drug or a, a new craze that's sweeping the nation, you know, at some point we thought phones would like turn our brains into popcorn from like they might. having it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that is a, that's a risk for you as an individual to evaluate it. Yeah. Um, you could start, uh, you could start an awareness group to say this could possibly yeah. affect you. So do it with caution. But um, seeing, but but saying that that treats Canadians as guinea pigs, that's that. I think that that's saying that the government is some kind of an experimental scientist who wants to like try and see what's best for its citizens, right? Well, I don't really want to view the government as that. I'd rather people are their own experiments on themselves and then they can decide what's right um, through their own knowledge and their own experiences. Yeah. Well, I think uh, that's a great note to end it on. I want to thank everyone for coming and being on the panel today. That was a great discussion and it was really just the tip of the iceberg. Thank you for tuning in. We didn't even touch on impaired driving or where people can smoke. There's so much going on and we encourage you to be a part of the discussion. So thank you for tuning into the safe space and we hope to see you next time. Mm -hmm.